guys, before we get into the podcast today, I just wanted to let you know that we've had to record these a little bit differently due to the COVID-19 situation. And part of that process is figuring out what works and what doesn't. So you will notice some audio distortion today. I did my best to edit it out as best I could, but there is a little bit in there. I apologize for that and we'll work on it for our next podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Hello and welcome to Judge a Book by Its Cover, a Little City Library podcast where the name of the podcast is almost longer than the books we discuss. I'm Bellette. And I'm Pete. Except today we aren't judging a book by its cover. We're going to judge a film by its poster. Why, you may ask? Well, we have been reading novellas, as you probably know if you're an avid listener to this podcast, and we have a bunch picked out to do, and they're really good and really interesting, but they're also really depressing, which is something that we don't need right now and we're reasonably certain you don't need either yeah well i think we're eight for eight on heavy novellas where terrible things happen to people constantly and nobody wants to hear about our depressing novellas right now no certainly not so we're going to switch it up and watch a film from canopy our streaming service and not to make this a canopy ad but you can stream five movies for free via canopy each month with your library card Uh, and this is a great time to take advantage of that but pete and i are librarians in the city of falls church This is now our film review podcast, where we attempt to predict what a film is about based on the movie poster. Today's film is Playtime by Jacques Tati. We posted a photo of the poster on our Instagram page, at Little City Library, for you to check out, so you can judge right along with us. All right, so based on the poster for this film, Pete, what is your best guess as to what it is about? Okay, this is one of those times where I saw the picture, in this case, the movie poster, and I immediately had a vision of what the film was about. The poster is a cartoon sketch of an older man with a pipe and umbrella who is leaning over slightly to look at something. The man is well-dressed and looks like a retiree out for a walk. The title Playtime is written across the poster in red hand-drawn letters with the play much larger than the time. There are several one-sentence reviews proclaiming it to be a great comedy. The combination of the title and the man's posture makes me think this is a comedy about an over-the-hill man who becomes enthralled with a younger woman. I would guess he's in an old, comfortable, but slightly cantankerous marriage and is out one day walking and sees a young, beautiful woman, kind of like Chevy Chase's encounters with Christy Brinkley in the National Lampoon's series. The comedic action of the movie consists in the man attempting to arrange ill-fated trysts with this younger woman who may be unaware of his intentions without being discovered by his wife who suspects him of mischief. It ends with the wife discovering the man and the young woman together, but the younger woman covers for him because she feels a pitying affection for him. The man then realizes the error of his ways and goes back to his wife, having satisfied his midlife crisis with this thrilling almost fling. Wow. So one, that is incredibly detailed. (laughs) Two, I looked at a different poster than you did. Are you serious? Yeah. Which, you know, for this film, I feel like is almost fitting because it is a comedy of errors in a lot of ways. (laughs) We'll post both of those posters for you since we've gone in two completely different directions this time. The poster I looked at I saw as having two main aspects, the first of which is an office building drawn in an erratic grid-like pattern. The sporadic and unevenly spaced grid is gray, with one densely lined spot in particular. And if the building were a human torso, that densely grayed in area would be where the human heart is located. The other aspect of this poster are the colorful pedestrians inked in along the bottom. They seem to depict a swath of lives 
in a busy metropolitan area. The same colors used for these pedestrians are worked into the grid in little boxes towards the top right corner. Most of them atop the spot I designated the heart of the building. Based on that, my prediction is that this is a story about someone who learns there is more to life than at first appears, and that the heart of the story is pulled from the people in it. Based on the transplantation of these colorful boxes into the heart of our gray grid. Does that sound like the poster you looked at, Pete? Absolutely not. There was no building in my poster. It was just the old guy who we learn is named Hulo. All right, well, two different posters this time. That's a treat for everyone. What is this movie actually about? The film is a comedic satire of modernism. It starts in an airport with the arrival in Paris of a group of American tourists, and they're ooing and eyeing everything they see. One younger woman is set apart as not wanting to stick to the group. The tourists get on a bus and drive to a modern office district of tall steel and glass buildings where the rest of the film takes place. About 10 minutes into the film, we meet Hulot, the man who is depicted on the poster I looked at. Hulot enters one of the buildings with some vague appointment, scene after scene of confusion on Hulot and the other characters' parts that occasionally results in slapstick incidents, such as people walking into glass doors. The movie is kind of like a collection of skits with one long one taking place at a hastily constructed restaurant called the Royal Garden. Here, Hulo meets the female tourist from the beginning. The two connect in the chaotic restaurant and share a perplexed amusement at the scene. The film ends with the woman getting back on her bus without having really seen anything of Paris, the sights of which, such as the Eiffel Tower and the Sacré-Cœur, are only reflected Yeah. So in terms of characters, we have two main characters that we have a host of smaller side characters that come in and out of the story. The main character is Monsieur Hulot. He's a recurring character in these films. He appears to bumble through life. Many have argued that he's more there to witness the follies of society, which I can see, but also he's really bumbling around, doesn't really have much direction. Then we also have Barbara. She's a young American tourist traveling with a large group of women. Their time in Paris begins very regimented and structured. And while she doesn't complain, we can see that she wants to have more and different experiences in Paris. And by the end, she does get a more vibrant view and experience. There are also, as I mentioned, a bunch of side characters. This is a two-hour film. I know Pete has something to say about that, but you do get a lot of little side characters. And you can go like 15-20 minutes without seeing Hulot and not seeing Barbara either. So it is kind of interesting. Something that I don't think you'd see today. Yeah, that's a good point. It's 10 minutes before you even see Hulot. The first 10 minutes takes place in the airport, which The thing about the airport scene that will stand out to any modern viewer is that there's zero security. I mean, it's comedy, and so they wouldn't emphasize that probably anyways. Or actually, you know, these days it is kind of comedic. But yeah, there's just zero security. There's no security guards. There's no metal detectors, anything like that, which is strange to see as a modern viewer who's used to waiting in long TSA lines. Yes. And actually, that first scene, there's two people who are insignificant to anything that happens pretty much from that point on. And I'm watching them desperately trying to figure out what it is they're talking about when in reality it's insignificant. This film is about sounds and sound effects and the sounds around us. There's very little dialogue in it. The sounds of footfall is more dramatic than these people mumbling in the foreground. Yeah, that's a good point. I've heard it said about Terrence Malick's films that the setting is the main character. That's the director of The Thin Red Line. And this is kind of the same thing where the setting, these tall glass buildings or the airport or the restaurant is kind of the main character. 
the actual characters are really just sort of there to lead the viewer around on a tour of these different settings. I totally agree with that in terms of this film. I did do some research on it and basically Tati built his own Paris to shoot. He had an architect named Eugene Roman create a mini metropolitan area in St. Maurice. It had two steel and concrete buildings, streets with working traffic lights and other building facades as well as a power plant that powered everything. <laughs> well that's pretty cool that they went to that extent to actually build these buildings. You know this film is interesting to me in that it's like a comedic take on modernism. You've got so many sort of dark satirical takes on on modernism and people living in steel and glass buildings that kind of soul-sucking feeling of cubicles and fluorescent lights that we're all sort of used to seeing but this is a light-hearted romp of people walking into glass doors and getting confused and going into the wrong buildings and people taking telephone calls in cubicles with somebody who's less than 10 feet away from them that's kind of refreshing in that sense but as you alluded to I did feel like this film was kind of long it was somewhere around two hours kind of felt to me like it was sort of the same comedic theme repeated over and over again and you have these characters who disappear and reappear and a lot of the same jokes like for instance about these weird office chairs that are in all of the buildings that Hilo cannot seem to make himself comfortable in and they make funny noises and you squeeze the top and it pops right back into shape I don't know that just didn't have a lot of comedic oomph for me I don't know did you find yourself gripping your sides and laughing out loud Bolette? Oh no no I did not there's some clever things I think scattered throughout but it is relatively long about an hour in I was definitely flagging thinking okay it's almost over right and there's still another hour to go I did enjoy the second half when they started getting into that nightclub that was basically I mean they weren't even finished designing putting in the floors the ceiling fell out that was more successful as a comedy of errors to me than the first half with the office buildings the people are part of the setting and it it does create some very nice visual spectacles the first half of the movie is very much focused on the chrome and the gray the black and white color scheme and the city the people all of them are kind of fitting this and it's very rare to see something break it but by the end the cars are no longer gray you've got red and blue cars there are balloons on the corners of streets there's a vespa driving a woman in a yellow dress around you do see the setting and the colors open up throughout and i enjoyed that second half probably more than the first half yeah i think that if you're in the mood for visually interesting film all of the scenes have interesting color schemes and symmetry or asymmetry to them i just thought it was a bit long i'd almost rather look at a coffee table book of all of these scenes than sit through the movie because the humor didn't do too much for me after i got my fill of it yeah i wouldn't watch it for laugh it's definitely the visual spectacle but like you said it could be a coffee table book if you took some of the scenes i'm thinking of for instance the first scene that kind of struck me is when he's in that office building and from above he looks down and he can see what i assumed were filing systems all along this floor well if you're looking down you can see there are people in cubicles inside of these and they're all working but you can't see them at all from the ground floor so it gives you a different perspective and you can see people plugging away their jobs that was the first visual spectacle that i really enjoyed yeah that, that was a cool scene i think that's like the the picture on the canopy website you know when you click the play button for the film you can sort of get an image of that it is pretty cool a lot of really big sets so Bolette, do you want to weigh in on who was victorious this week? It's kind of difficult because we judged two different posters. Yeah, I want to say me because I haven't won one yet. So 
I think you won, but there's going to be a big fat asterisk next to this one. So I don't care as long as I'm going to claim to remain undefeated. Fantastic. Finally got one under my belt. I don't mind a win, even if it has an asterisk. Maybe next time we'll look at the same poster. We'll we'll share that ahead of time. I guess that brings us to, do you recommend this film? I would probably not recommend this film. I'd recommend if you have a credit or two left in your canopy budget for the month and you're just curious to look at something cool, turn it on and then flick through. 10 minutes, 15 minutes at a time just to check out the sets and the scenes. Or if you really like good sort of classic physical slapstick comedy, I mean, not like the Three Stooges, but like a mime who's got really good body control and every actor is doing some sort of physical bit and there's 20 actors on the screen. It's kind of cool to look at. I just didn't want to watch it for two hours. What about you, bud? Yeah, I think... I would recommend it, but you've got to be in the right mood for it. You just really want to look at some cool sets and some cool scenes and think about maybe the cinematography, how they made it, because as many people as are in all of those scenes, they must have had to take so many takes. It's very impressive in that way. Although this film wasn't received very well, it wasn't until later that it achieved success. So maybe people agree with you there, Pete. Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder if it's because it really captured that kind of moment in time in terms of the architecture. It made me think of the old Martin Luther King branch of the DC Public Library, which is a historic Mies van der Rohe building, which is kind of steel and glass that is a little bit similar to what you see in the movie. But of course, you just have to go to any American city and you'll see lots of buildings that resemble standard steel and glass skyscraper office building look. Yeah. One more scene I just really quickly want to mention because I thought it was really cool is in the middle, right when it kind of switches gears a little bit. You get this scene of American tourists returning to their hotel and all of these women with hats that have flowers and all of the flowers are wilted going up the escalator and all the women going out for the evening are coming down the escalator and their hats have beautiful flowers that are upright and alive and vivacious. This is the kind of film I think where there's a lot of little scenes like that. If you watched it once and watched it later, half paying attention, you'd notice new things. It's pretty cool like that, I think. If you're browsing around on Canopy, just looking for something, want to see some cool stuff from 1967, go for it. Yeah, it's in the the Criterion collection, which is a lot of the Janus films, films from famous foreign filmmakers that were re-released in the United States to great acclaim. And a lot of those films are longer, maybe a little harder to digest, but very interesting. And this was an interesting film. All right, Pete, what is our trivia question for today? In Playtime, the director of the film, Jacques Tati, was also the main character. Can you name another film which had the director in a main starring role in the film? You can respond on Facebook and you will get a shout out on our next episode. Before we tune out, we want to give special thanks to the band Zombie Zombie for giving us permission to use their song, Psychic Harmony 2, in our intro and outro. You'll hear that catchy tune in just a moment. But for now, thanks for joining us for Judge a Film by its poster, a Little City Library podcast. I'm Pete. And I'm Bellette. Don't forget to join us next month when we judge. Well, we aren't sure what we're going to judge yet. But in the meantime, for what it's worth, you have our permission to keep on judging.